Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Ole Demigard, and we're going to talk about whatever's going on in the world at the moment. So there's a lot going on, but uh, tell us a little bit about your time off. How was it? It was uh, incredible in many ways. Uh, it was uh, the, the thing was that the end of last year, I came, it was almost like mission accomplished, you know, after all of these years, like it's 43 years. Uh, the whole thing with interviewing James Files, finding because it was the, his shot fired from the wrong angle that got me started on to, uh, on this path, and now to be in direct touch with him and and also having, I mean, I've been looking at so many hundreds of cases and so many of the major ones with so many mysteries, and now I've been part of solving most of it, so the end of last year, it just felt like I was coming to some kind of ending of a circle. And then I got really sick. I had uh, uh, more or less five weeks straight of fever. Very weird. And Kim had a similar thing. She was coughing and having a real... For me, it was only fever. So it was like a really... like was, I, I felt like I'm in some kind of process. I don't know what's going on, but I'll just uh, accept it. And then Kim came up with this brilliant idea. Let's take some time off, which is not mine, but you sure upper and get my drift. And uh, so she said she it she it was one of these thoughts that came to her well, in which she was like half asleep, you know, in the early early morning. And uh, so I said that she never thought that I was going to say yes to it, but I said, yeah, let's do it. Uh, just give me until January and instead of a month she suggested a month I said let's do 33 days because 33 days is a beautiful beautiful number yeah. it's a master number it's also my number according to my name uh, a number that uh, the bad boys have hijacked and used in many naughty uh, ways but I really think it's a beautiful number so I said let's do 33 days and uh, we didn't know where to go or what to do but the idea was that uh, I promised I'm not going to talk about work or what I do at all. Nice. And not not even if she asked me what, what I, I made sort of like a promise to myself that if anyone asks uh, anything, I would just say, listen, I'm so much more interested in hearing about your life. So I would do, I would give you my website when, when our ways pass, and then you can see if this is of any interest, then I would be of service, you know, anything you want to ask. But until then, I would be Mr. Mystery. And Kim, who always wants to plan and control, no, not maybe control, but to to be on top of things and know what's going to go on, uh, she promised not to do any planning whatsoever and to, to get rid of her watch and you know so that we were because our life has been quite uh sort of controlled by this watch at this time this time this time also because of the kids but they are not not uh, here anymore so and we didn't know where to go but i just wanted to get away from from everything and so we went to we decided to uh go to this little island. It's a very small little island. There's only like 650 inhabitants. It's only eight years since they got uh, fresh water on the island. And, and uh, so even though there are tourists, it's very cheap and this is low season. 
So we went there and it's a beautiful, beautiful place, uh, quite a poor island, but uh, in low season, they go very much back to island life where it's about fishing. It's about, uh, you know, I have some rice, you got some fish that's swell. And but beautiful people, no cars, there's no nothing like that on the island. Everything is uh, by a horse, mm. uh, at least small little uh, carts. And so we got there. I was exhausted. I was sleeping on, on the boat over there, completely gray. And we got there and uh, we were taking the last. Uh, Part of the trip was in a small little of these uh, uh, Indonesian type of boats with, uh, you know, like stabilizers on the sides. And just a small one of those took us out to, to the island. And then Kim had uh, had booked a, a room for us in, in one place, like a small little boarding house or so. And we stayed there for the first week where it was just, Strange, you know, if you've had this, dun, 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 and then suddenly it's like stop. And there's absolutely the only thing we had planned was we're going to stay here for a month. And so at first there was this like, hello, hello, I need to check my emails, what's going on, what if something, you know. And then that left me very quickly. But then it was like, what are we going to do with this time? And so we did a lot of walking. It's a beautiful, beautiful island. The skies are just incredible. I mean, yeah, I've never seen skies like that in my entire life. Um, and we started reading. I haven't been reading books uh, for a long time because I've just been worried, tired of words because of me writing. And it's all the time about uh, operations or anything like that. So I was just like, oh, God, I, I can't, uh, you know, words is too much. But now, Kim had brought these books, more or less nonsense book. I don't want to, but it, they were just like nice stories and, and cute things and just like a completely different world. And I got really absorbed into it. And so I read like five books in one week or four, something like that, you know. And uh, also we had, we had put some goals. The reason I'm telling you all these things is because maybe it might inspire someone out there because we are so controlled by the digital the whole thing and computers and all of these things i'm just saying and normally i hear about people that take like uh they go off uh, offline maybe for a day or a weekend or a retreat or something like that i i don't see a lot of people doing it like uh, hardcore 33 days so i'm just going to share a little bit about what happened uh, with us mm. and so also, we started talking. We've been talking more than we've done the last 10 years, I think, uh, in, during this month. And we had pillow talks and these things, uh, you know, no movies, no films, no nothing like that either. So it's like suddenly we have all of this time. And this is, there's some beautiful waters there. So we did a lot of snorkeling as well. So we were in the, in the water element and really sort of just coming back to to life saying hello to a lot of incredibly beautiful fish that uh, you know like what happened we got on the border I mean he went on some kind of LSD trip I mean all kinds of colors and shapes and forms and 
I tell you, unbelievable, unbelievable. And then <clears throat> over this month or so after that, we we found like a little cabin down on on the beach, and we we, we moved there instead and made that our our home. So we stayed there for the last three weeks. And what was interesting was also that I decided, um, you know, when I when I chase things, I chase people or I chase a result or something like that, my energy is like like this. Yeah. But I find it's the same like if you're madly in love with someone and you come like this, they say, oh, uh, that's too much for me. Thank you. I'm out of here. Boo. They turn their back on you. And then when in these situations, when I've said, okay, then I just have to let her go, you know, and I turn around, I I get my power back. Suddenly it's like the magnet gets uh, activated and suddenly she's interested again. Um, so what I'm talking about this, this energy of just being the magnet and let it come to you or have sort of like a, a stalker type of, Pursuing, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm very tired of pursuing. And uh, it never, very rarely brings something good. And so I focus very much on on just staying in the in my balance. And also because I wasn't talking about what I do and or any of these uh, operations, whatever it is, because as soon as people find out who I am, they're so interested, which is great in many ways. I mean, I'm not complaining at all. I love speaking about these things. But at the same time, then suddenly the whole relationship is around this information. And and uh, they, I think sometimes I'm, I'm looked more upon like a, a, a Wikipedia instead of like a, a person. Mm-hmm. And so... So it was really interesting to, for me to meet people like that again. I mean, they had no idea, uh, is he selling bicycles or is he sort of like an accountant, whatever. I was just there. And so instead of me chasing the, the little cabin we had, was a one room with a bathroom, and then there were some uh, like windows, but we were right on the beach. Everything is right on the beach. And um, so anything, I was just saying, Whatever comes in between these two windows, that is where my focus will be. Mm-hmm. Not not chasing, not pursuing, just seeing what comes. It was super interesting because I really felt checking my energy. No, 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 yes. And so when I felt yes, uh, I started interacting with these individuals and it came out super interesting. Wow. Because I know that there were at least four people's lives that I really affected by stimulating them to becoming a better version of themselves, you know, to go for their dreams or whatever it was, or to change the, the mindset. There was one guy, a very destructive mindset, and in just like four or five days when he left, he came like he was all over the place, and when he left, uh, the last thing he said to me was this morning when I woke up, I felt happy for the first time in a long time. I just felt, wow, wow, wow. That is hardcore, wonderful, magical, like that. That's cool. And then after that, uh, after these uh, uh, 30 days, 
we came back home. We wanted to get back here in our home for the last three days, four days. And so we came here and suddenly, you know, instead of being in a beautiful place where you, you couldn't sort of access anything, suddenly the computer was right there. And suddenly the walls and the office and all of the old uh, patterns and that whole thing was, was, we were back. And that's when the real challenge started. And, and we started seeing and we started becoming restless and we started, uh, but we, we that managed to do that as well. And then uh, on day 34, we opened the laptops, put on the email. I had like 1,800 emails. And uh, it was so interesting because I looked at Kim, I looked at myself, I started coughing this this uh, dry cough, hadn't had it for a month, started doing that. Wow. I also, only one hour, I looked at Kim, her sparkling pot, you know, she's very sparkly as a person, had started dying down, shutting down. Hmm. I, I looked super tired. Uh, Kim said, what's up? I said, <laughs> I don't know, but this is toxic in some way. We need to get, you know, get out from this, not stay in this no. digital swamp that is surrounding. It was so interesting because suddenly we were with full impact on. So after that, I just decided this is not on. If I go back to my old patterns, mm. I'm just going to, it's so easy for me to go swap right into it. So I decided after two o'clock I'm going to close this computer and focus on others get out of the house get you know go meet people do whatever but break the pattern and uh, good. yeah so it's it's been it's been really good and a rocky ride because it's very challenging I would say and it's also interesting to see like Kim and I as soon as we got back home we started going into old patterns as well you know, codependency type of thing that just hooked on and we just, I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is what we're going to do. Let's stop it. I want to mention one more thing. I, uh, we were given uh, the idea to read a book called Existential Kink. Very interesting book. Very interesting book. And the, the one that recommended it was our daughter. She's never read books. And the first book she ever gets into I mean, that is over, it is very, very powerful. And one of the things it's talking about is that when you look at your life pattern, when, I mean, our lives are so different and most of us, if not all, seem to have a pattern that repeats like this. And so she says that, that we have one, what she labels like dark side of us, one one side of us that we don't acknowledge or is sort of consciously there, very active and very, very powerful in our lives without us knowing it, producing a lot of results without us understanding why. Hmm. And she said, if there is a pattern, it's because we love them. So if you are sort of you, keep getting back into a violent relationship, one part of you loves it. One part of you absolutely loves it. And I have this pattern of uh, getting into like projects and going full on. I mean, I can be in it like for a year and um, everything is working. I'm putting so much effort into it. I get 95% of the way. And then the last 5% is like there's this pressure valve that just says, 
very sorry. The result is right in front of you, there, there, there. The fruit, you know, to be taken. And then pff, I start seeing it fade away in the horizon, which is so frustrating. So once I became aware of that, I started changing it to see I have been 100% successful in creating 95% results. You know, because instead of me seeing myself as a failure, I see now I start to see and celebrate that I actually managed to get 95% and and not get all the way. So that dark side, that pattern in me has been very successful. And, and this book also suggests that once we start observing these patterns and we start celebrating and loving them, they start losing power in our lives so that they cannot control us anymore because now we see them. So I've been saluting. Thank you. I am such a successful failure, not successful in creating 95% of what I want to accomplish so now I'm really, it's going to be very interesting to see if I can keep the magnet instead of chasing and also more and more observe these patterns, thanking them, celebrating them and seeing if I can let go of them. And so I am quite confused to say the least at the moment because I don't know anything about what my future is about. I don't know if this is the way forward with these interviews or if the topics will change or I am just completely open to see what will come into this existence of mine. Man, that sounds like a, a beautiful experience and uh and so happy you shared that because it's uh I think something that everybody could uh, you know, learn from and start to try and implement that into their lives. You know, breaking from those patterns and seeing which patterns they really don't serve you and why they keep coming up it's because like you're saying, it's because you like them. It's like, and, and figure out why you like them and maybe break free from that liking them. Yeah, it's, it's, I can really recommend that book, Existential Kink. Very interesting. It takes you on a whole different, uh, from a, it comes from a completely different angle. You know, instead of this, it feels sorry for me because this horrible thing happened, that horrible thing happened, and so on. You love it. If it's a pattern, some part of you loves it and sort of just like gets off on having these horrible experiences or whatever it is that is a pattern, a negative pattern in your life. And so otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Look at other people. They don't have it. I I see other people who don't have my pants. So it's like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Can you believe it? Look at that uh, cover. I mean, come on, one eye, whole crappy thing. But otherwise than that, uh, it's like really. But otherwise than that, very interesting. And we have it as an audio book as well. Mm. So no, I, I find it very interesting, very challenging also because I'm like, what? Are you telling me that I would love to fail like this? Yeah, apparently, apparently. So, and so to celebrate. Yeah, that's a powerful title, Unmask Your Shadow and Embrace Your Power. Yeah. Yeah, everything except the cover. I am not recommending any kind of New World Order crap. Uh, I don't know why they chose that one, but uh, what can I say? Forget about the cover. Don't look at the cover. Look at the inside. 
Very nice. Very nice. So how have you been? How's the world? I have no idea. Has there been a third world war, bank crash, uh, anything? Also, there's another one because I have felt this enormous responsibilities I put on my own shoulders. Mm. If I don't do this, things will crash. I don't know how big an ego you need to put um, yourself in a position like that, but it's like I felt I need to do, I mean, I need to this and this because if we can stop that and then I leave for a month and absolutely nothing, oh, I, I don't know, but uh, the world is still here and it's more beautiful yeah. than ever. Exactly. So that's kind of the way it is. You know, I've, I've, I've done that, you know, a few times in my life too. I wouldn't say a few, at least a couple. And, uh, and it was like that. I just basically walked away from the world and then when I came back, I was refreshed and, uh, like you're probably feeling. And, uh, we're, I was able to reach new levels, attain new levels. It was, it was a process, but, uh, it def- definitely changed my life. So that's, that's really, really recommended that people, you know, mm-hmm. find, find that, uh, that time to break free and, and do something like that. And I think people say, yeah, but I can't do it because I've got a mortgage. I can't do it because I right. I say for sure, I mean, to take 33 days off, that is very privileged. But it's only because we've been working so many years to get completely off grid so that we can schedule stuff. We can move this soap bottle we have around us. We can move it around so that, uh, so, but what you can do is what we've done now is like we've said no computers and or screens in the bedroom mm. except one night per week so we had a movie night the other night with popcorn and crisps and uh, drinks and whatever in bed you know there were crumbs everywhere watching <laughs> really crappy movies whatever and suddenly it became sort of like instead of like a blah 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 blah, blah, blah suddenly it was like it's movie night woohoo uh, you know, and the the other nights we don't do it, and uh, so there's ma- oh, there's many ways also to try and take off your watch if you don't need it and see, am I hungry? What time is it? You know, this is uh, this this was this was Kim before. I said, are you hungry? She looked at the watch. Uh, it's twelve o'clock. Yes, I said that's not. I didn't ask you what time it was. I asked you, are you hungry? Now when she had the watch put aside because that ruled the whole family. We were eating when the time said you should be hungry now. And so I gained kilos from that watch because I wasn't really hungry many times. And so to put it away and start listening to your body and say, wait a second, am I, am I not? Maybe today I don't need a lunch. Maybe I, or maybe I'm gonna, yeah, go for it and stuff myself. But to not be controlled by that one, and also what we did is uh, we've taken our presence on uh, on these different social platforms where, I mean, I'm so sensitive everywhere. So it's like, why put an effort, why put such an effort into somebody that is hitting you with a sledgehammer over and over again? Do you like pain? So uh, the ones that we could see that that's, that's not really worth it there, we just uh, let it go. Uh, or put an automatic uh, uh, reply on it saying, please, because of this and that, I'm not going to be available here anymore. Please contact me over there. 
And also we've gone through all our emails and just like uh, taking away, you know, that, that jump, 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 spam, whatever. Yep. Take that away, this away, that away, this away. And suddenly we're freeing up this time that I don't know what I'm going to do with. But I'm going to share you another one. I have, I've been playing guitar since I was like 13 or something like that. And music theory has always been something like, I don't get it. It's been like uh, really Greek to me. And so I've been playing. I mean, I've been recording in, you know, records. I've been making music for TV and movies and stuff. I had not understood what I was doing. And so over the years, I collected, like in my nerdy way, uh, information around music, why it works the way it does, and all these type of things. And just for a rainy day, that rainy day was on the island because I brought a lot of it with me. Mm. So suddenly I started listening to, and I cracked the code. I cracked the code. Suddenly, <laughs> you know, I like simplify, and suddenly I understand, oh my God. That's why these chords work together, or that's why in the key of that, that's why that's a minor chord, that's why this is a major chord. And when it says C major, seven, flat, five, what does that mean? I have no idea. Now I do. It's it's just a very simple formula, but mm-hmm. they made it look so difficult. And the same with all the different modes. I mean, maybe this is Greek to a lot of people, but... These Greek words, I think they're Latin word or Greek, that just makes you, I've, I've been feeling that I'm, I am, must be very intelligent because I don't get it. I do not get it. And suddenly I just changed the wording on it. And so like instead of Mediogian and Lycrian or whatever, all of these names, it's just like one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, that's it, boom. So I was like, oh my God, I'm like, gone i was just like lying there screaming in bed once and a couple of times and kim was like what is going on and i said i'm i get it i get it after all of these years so happy dude happy dude and it all came after taking time off and suddenly the pieces started falling into place that have been hanging there in the air for all of this time so this is one thing that i think comes with putting yourself in this situation where you're not bombarded with information all the time, useless information many times. And suddenly the things that matter to you, like, click. So, yes, happy, happy, happy. And this one is going to be used a lot more. Very good. Yeah, I, uh, I went this one time, I wanted to go timeless. And I didn't know what that meant. But I was like, I want to go timeless. And because uh, I'd heard about that, it's like go timeless. You have to do that some at some point in your life. And I'm like, okay, I want to take a year, to go timeless. And uh, and then my watches started start stopped working, and I had this really nice, expensive Cartier watch, and it disappeared. So like just disappeared, and I never found it again. But uh, all my watches stopped, and I the I okay change the bat- battery didn't work. It was done. And I was like, okay, I wanted to do this, so I guess I'm going to do it. And it was at a point in my life where I had to be on time. I was still in the military. I was in a leadership, very, very high-level leadership position. 
So I would wake up at the right time. Of course, I'm looking at clocks, but I didn't, I never, I didn't wear one for a whole year. I didn't wear a watch for a whole year. And I was like on time, perfectly on time for that whole year. So it is, it is possible, you know, to do some of these things within, very nice, very nice, within, uh, you know, being in the world, like you're, like you just showed, I don't have my watch on, I'm not doing it. So you can, you can do these things. So there's, uh, there's different ways like you did, like I did. I, I walked the Pacific Crest Trail for like four months. Fortunately, I, I was able to take the time off, uh, uh, like you, I'd worked, I'd worked, I'd worked, I'd worked. And then it just, it was like, okay, everything's stopping. I don't know why, but everything's stopping in my life. And, uh, I was like, I'm going to walk the Pacific Crest Trail. I've always wanted to do this. So boom, I was on the trail for like four months and, uh, timeless, timeless again. Uh, I'd, w- I'd just wake up in the morning, uh, and it'd be like, oh, it's just before the sun. And I'd break down my tent, my mm-hmm. camp and put on everything and start walking. And I'd walk all day into the night and then I'd throw up a camp, eat, and then do it again over and over and over again. So it was, uh, it was a good experience. Uh, and it, and it definitely, you know, helped cleanse a lot of stuff that had attached itself to me over time. And it, it allowed me like you're, you found out to, there's a creative side that has been suppressed that I, I had to like let go of some stuff before that could rise up and I could experience it. So very, very, very cool. There's some intelligent individuals who said that you need to create an empty space first so that it can be, you cannot fill a full glass. You cannot add in anything to it. And uh, no, I haven't, I haven't worn a watch for 30 years, something like that. But it's, and on the island, I'm talking about where we were, everything is without watches. You know, it's like uh, people get up because the sun goes up. People go to bed because the sun goes down, mm-hmm. and that's it. And so we were at bed, or we we are we go to bed since we came to Bali at nine o'clock. Boom, we are we are in bed. You know, most of the time, sometimes seven thirty in the. I'm like, come on, you must be kidding. Uh, but then again, we Kim is awake like four thirty in the morning, or five o'clock. You know? Yeah, and it's just like if you look at a chicken. I love chickens and. It's really interesting because I think they've got sun cells, you know, that they're solar power driven almost because when the sun goes down, they go into like, yep. and you can, you can move them around. If you, if you need to put a new girl in the family, you know, bring in a new chicken, you just do it when power is off. You can do whatever like this and you just take, you go from here, sweetheart, and sit over there. And then the sound comes up and they're like, Whoa. and what? There's a new one. Doesn't even matter because apparently we're friends. We slept together already. Oh, this whole thing. So this, I think we're so much more driven or we should be driven by nature. Instead, because of the electric lights, that is, a, that is the one that is really messing with us because it makes it us able to stay up at late at night and and do all of the things we do. The, and I think we mess with our inner, the natural circles. Yeah. And anyway, you know, about that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing all that. That's good. 
So I'm, honestly, I, I'm almost like I don't want to like tell you anything's been going on <laughs> to pull you out of your perfect perfect spot. <laughs> no, tell me, but it but it, right. I'm I'm at a point where you know also what is what is the most important way of dealing with these things? Is mm -hmm. it to deal deal with it and and spread the way you are into the world, you know, like with these four people that I really feel that I made a difference in their lives. Now they continue their lives and they will affect people in a different way than before our meeting. There were people affecting my life that I would bring with me and they will help or dig into, it's like where they say where attention goes, energy flows, you know, like, so it's a tricky one. Am I part of creating this mayhem by focusing so much time on it? Or because in that case, it would be better for me maybe to talk about the growing carrots. Mm. Um, or it's like very confusing to me. And also with this digital information nowadays, who, what is true and what is not? With this AI-driven thing, we've seen these big scandals where these companies I think it was before the the election, American election, where they were completely connecting all of the social media platforms and then directing information specifically designed for you, the things you mm. wanted to or needed to know so that they could affect you in in making their choice, but you thought it was your choice, you know, and then information sent to me would be completely different information that was a third person would be completely different it's like when people say twitter is so violent yeah, yeah the language on twitter is so horrible i've never seen a foul word you know it's like so i'm like are we watching the same are we reading no we're not so and then you see all of this information being coming at you from all different directions how do we know? How do we know? And so that's when I tried always when I was in Europe too, when something happened, I went on location, you know, and see, okay, I'm here now. What are they telling us? They're telling us this. Is that really true or not? And so many times, I'm, I must say, I've never come to a location like that and found that the official narrative was true. On the contrary, absolutely on the contrary. So here I am in Southeast Asia. How, how do I know? How do I know anything about what's going on? So maybe uh, I'm confused. I don't really know how to. And in this situation of confusion, I have been invited this afternoon to speak at a yoga retreat. Isn't that interesting? Not a conspiracy retreat. No, a yoga retreat. Where, yeah. But after that, I'm going to tell you, Michael, I'm, uh, we've been invited to dinner uh, by a really, really interesting Indonesian guy. Mm -hmm. He's in his 80s, and he's been having an incredible life. He's uh, he, in, in business and these things. He's been you know, connected with so, so many powerful people. But what he also has done is he invited so many of these big economic multinational companies into Indonesia, which has now 
destroyed Indonesia in many ways. So he he sees himself as a unwittingly winning uh, he- economic hitman, almost like he's looking back at his life, looking like, what did I do to my beautiful country? He met well, and he was not aware of that. He was inviting these sharks into uh, these beautiful areas. But the reason I mention this is because he was the guy, he was working for IBM in Vietnam. Uh, he was a young, and you know, he was during the war. And as he was a young programmer and mathematician, and he was uh, he was employed to find out where all the, the military material and, and weapons and uniforms, and I mean, with with. What, what I think what many people are not aware of is like, okay, there's a war going on, so bullets will be used and machine guns, whatever. But there's anything from toilet paper to, to you, whatever it takes to keep an army going, incredible amounts of products and money changing hands and all of these things going on that is connected to war. So they were sending, the U.S. was sending a whole lot of every type of stuff to Vietnam to keep the war going. And about 90, I think it was 90% of it got lost on the way, and, you know, in the airports, during transport, during all. So he was employed to track down what what happened. And so he managed to get it down from, I think, 90% down to like, I'm not sure about the numbers, but maybe 14% of things that they disagreed because he set up a system where you could track it. Like, okay, it came in there, it's now there now, and it there, there, and it delivered, click, you know, like that. And that made him hate it because people were making big money. Uh, this whole thing also connected to the black market. So he became right. a real pain in the butt for for these forces. And so they were trying to take him out and they were trying to destroy him. They were trying. And what he was in this whole thing about, he was the guy that uh, that discovered that drugs were being transported in the dead bodies of soldiers, you know, dead soldiers back to uh-huh. the U.S. in the, in the coffins. Yeah, he was the guy that broke the news about that thing. I was thinking about maybe if I'm going to ask him if he would be interested to bring him on the show Oh, that'd be beautiful. Talk, talk about these things because uh, it sounds very bizarre for people who are not used to these kind of truths that anyone would do that. But that was the thing that happened. He was completely shocked as well. But he was the guy who reported it to the U.S. and and exposing what was going on. So I found that super interesting. It's amazing that uh, he's he's still alive after doing that. Yeah. Because you know they're they're very brutal about you know shutting people down that that do that. So who yeah. who was he working for? Who who protected him? If I remember right, IBM was uh, the ones that uh, mm. that uh, contracted him, and then. But I don't really think that they were aware of how efficient he would be, because I think that IBM was deeply involved as well in many ways. So it's like. Sure. This this is this is the thing when you suddenly get somebody that is not corrupted into a corrupted system that can really mess it up, and so he he has an incredible life story, absolutely incredible. I would love to get him on on the show, so I'll, I'll ask him tonight. But 
He's also in a brilliant. I love that. He's he's also in a situation where he's been really messed around with, and he wants to keep a low profile. So I, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe maybe he could appear anonymously. He can just be with a camera or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or he can give us uh, pieces of his info, just like you just dis- disclosed. That's that's pretty uh, significant reveal what you just disclosed. So that's good. So I know that there are uh, some of the some of the seals that were over there in Vietnam. Uh, they were transporting uh, like high sticks, you know, the marijuana thing, uh, and scuba bottles. And they got they got caught and they went to prison, and uh, they're some of the few guys that got caught. You know, they're like doing their own programs, and probably the the people that are really making the big money on is like, I, you're cutting in on us. So they got caught, they went to prison, and I guess uh, the prison they sent them to was a really bad prison, and they probably should have died, but because they stuck together and they protected each other and they basically just whooped up on anyone that came close to them and tried to take them out, uh, they got they got a good reputation and people let them alone to finish their uh, you know, prison sentence and went on to lead whatever lives they, they went on to lead. But uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. There's lots of um, people that take advantage in those wars. Uh, we we know that happened in Afghanistan, where they're sending opium back in massive numbers, probably uh, in in bodies again. Yeah, uh, this thing, war and drugs, have always been connected. Yeah, it's uh, so many wars for democracy and freedom. Absolute bullshit. It's yeah, drugs, minerals, organ trafficking. Uh, weapons, yep. oil, strategic locations. Mm-hmm. That that is the key. So uh, pipelines nowadays with gas or whatever it is. So uh, yeah. Anyway, Michael, since this is a bit of an unusual show, can I come with another one? I I just want to put out there that for years I've been working on a water saver, water saving device. It is to be connected with with uh, uh, your shower. It can say two and a half to five liters of water per shower, mm. meaning uh, that if people start using this, we're talking about billions and billions and billions of liters of water. And I've been working on this one for about 10 years. It's in the uh, prototype uh, state stay now where one of the uh, top uh, prototype makers in the U.S. have uh, acknowledged this and given me like gold star reviews of the idea. Uh, and so I'm in a process now where this thing can uh, save billions of liters of waters in the world if used uh, the way I hope it will be. Uh, it can also be an incredible money-making thing for so what what i'm looking for because i'm so not into business i'm so not into marketing i'm so not into manufacturing i am into making my baby perfect and then somebody else take over so i'm right now in the process of looking for an investor that uh, uh, the whole thing is set up from the prototype thing that they can bring it all the way to production or to a licensing deal or to whatever, including the patents and everything, they can do it. And they're super nice guys. I've been 
working with some not nice guys before, so I know the other side of it. I'm right. never going to go there again. But these guys, I really love them. They're amazing, amazing, and so skilled at what they're doing. So the whole thing is set up. What is missing is an investor <laughs> that could go in and see the potential and then uh, put in the money, take over, and we come to a win-win some kind of uh, solution with a licensing deal or whatever, but that my baby gets out and do good in the world. Uh, I can put a food on the table for my family, and and it uh, it's a win-win. Maybe it will make a lot of money for the one who steps forward and helps me with this. And, but I, I'm really looking for someone who can take this to a whole new level. And for that, some money is needed. So anyone out there who would be interested, I'm, I'm not interested in like small time, time thing. This, this thing, once you start seeing, once you start seeing what it is and you see the potential, because there's only one moving part in the whole thing. And it's not, there are no pops, there's no, nothing like that. It's all driven uh, by natural things like suction and weight and gravity. Mm. And also the vortex thing, it's right. also connected with, uh, uh, you know, uh, Emoto Mas, Emoto Masudo, what's his name? Whoa. Do you know that the Japanese photographer who, who took photos of the water crystals? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So on the inside of this also, I've added uh, the whole thing, you know, with beautiful words and things that will activate the crystals. Uh, the water crystals uh, and and em- empower the water so that the water that comes out on the other side is even better than uh, the water that came in. So, like I said, these prototype makers that uh, works with very high, I mean, they work with NASA and, and uh, other companies like that, and they say this is brilliant. They, they only go for what they call winners. Uh, and so I asked them, please, if this is a crap idea, just let me know mm-hmm. and I'll let it go forever. And I got like top reviews from that. So they're on standby. It's just a matter of the last. Uh, so thank you for me letting letting me share this. So yeah. Thank you for letting me share so, this. So uh, how, how will people get, get a hold of you if uh, they're interested? Uh, lightoutconspiracies.com? Yeah. yeah, info at lightoutconspiracies.com. Okay. Good, good. So yeah, that sounds like a winner. So hopefully you get some investor and investor investors, whatever, and uh, it takes off. But good people, You're oh yeah, people. yeah, sad people. <laughs> yeah, that's like I I've had enough of of uh, the other thing. It's like it should be stuff, yeah, yeah. So so Michael, how is like doing it out there in the real world? If whatever is real. You know, we're, we're, you know, I have lots of guests on and we're talking about the, basically what the deep state's doing. So, uh, Juan O'Savin was on today. He, he had some really good insights about Antarctica and, uh, tunneling systems and, uh, nuke, nuke devices that blow, blow open big caverns so they can build cities. And that, uh, the last Nazi, uh, in Germany that was in charge after Hitler for about a month uh, in the Nuremberg trials he basically admitted that they had moved uh, a bunch of people down to Antarctica where there was a river 
uh, that was warm water and they were grow. It's, you could grow plants and all kind of crazy stuff. So now we, now we're starting to see, you know, pretty much all, all the little things we've heard about Antarctica and South America and so forth aren't so far fetched, uh, that these guys basically went down there and have created something very, very, um, negative, basically a, a breakaway civilization, if you will, that's trying to control the rest of civilization here on earth. So we got, he kind of went into that and it, it, really made a lot of sense. Obama went down there. Uh, other people have gone down there and it just, you start to see, okay, so who's been down to Antarctica and so down to the Nazi lair. Uh, so that's kind of seems like, you know, one of the big things, uh, that we're looking at now in Chile, uh, like you've been gone for a little while, but just recently there were, uh, some fires in Chile, very similar to Maui. And uh, they destroyed a lot. And I mean, you look at the destruction, it's almost similar to Maui and some of the other places that you've been pointing out uh, with the uh, directed energy weapon stuff. So, you know, they're, these guys, uh, you know, do, play their little games. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this whole thing about uh, putting clues about upcoming things and yeah. on the U.S. Space Force uh, website? And I pointed it out as well that I pointed out Chile. Uh, because there was, uh, uh, there's this guy. You see, he's handing over like a badge to someone, and on the you you, only, you don't see the face of the soldier, but you see the name of the soldier, and it's Santiago. And so, right, we talked about that. Yeah, and so wow. I said, Chile is gonna be, if I'm correct, they're, they're gonna hit it with these directed energy weapons. And wow, so Santiago de Chile called it. Unbelievable. No, it's not unbelievable. It's well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind predictable of... once you start seeing the modus operandi. Yeah, so, so here's here's the uh, devastation. Oh. So very, very similar, you know, to what we saw in Maui. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yep. Uh, there's there's no, there's looks like there's no fuel, uh, but they just, just went from house to house and basically put them all the way down it's... to nothing left. But, but what I... Was this in mountainous areas? I can't see the the images, but it looks like it. Mm-hmm. The, the the question I'm asking is like because with yeah, there's been fires like this in Chile before, but they've been way up in the mountains and most nothing people, nothing like this. They say this is the worst fires ever in their history. Hundreds of people are missing, and over like a hundred a hundred and twenty three are confirmed dead. Those numbers, so oh, wow! So sorry, you called it. So sorry to you. Yeah, and that just shows you. Okay, so if I called it, that means that I called the ones who were responsible for carrying out the operations. We're back to the U.S. Space Force. What the hell is going on? I know. Good point. And so, uh, why are they hitting Chile? That that is one question I'm just asking. So somebody came up there. They have like the largest lithium. Uh, stores and I was just gonna go there. Uh, lithium is one of the the real ones. It's as far as I know, very limited uh, and very expensive because of that. And so the areas where lithium is for all these batteries, because they one of the things that they're trying to do with this whole smart grid is to get the uh, away from 
fuel-driven uh, cars, uh, petrol, diesel, and so right. on, and get uh, electric cars. Oh, they're so good. They're so good, really. But it's lithium for these uh, batteries. And yep. uh, without that, they cannot get electric cars. And without the electric cars, they cannot get them controlled in the smart grid around smart cities so that uh, the cars will go around like in a, like in a funfair Disneyland type of place you can drive to that point and then it just stops you know like make a 90 degree turn left and 90 degree turn left 90 degree turn left like that and driverless vehicles as well so that you don't get to drive anywhere or get anywhere away from the grid so the the lithium is super important for that plan yeah and that could be one of the reasons why in that case i would strongly suggest look in the areas where these fires have been what they're doing is depopulating, uh, cleansing areas. If we look at the Paradise Fires, the California Fires, where it's just like they cleansed out areas. And since these areas, I, I didn't see so closely on these photos, but uh, I know other fires in Chile have been like in areas very mountainous, not good for real estate, not good for mm-hmm. and sort of way off, way like long distances to big cities or anything like that. So it doesn't make any sense until you start looking at also mining or because this is the thing I I just mentioned before, minerals, oils, these type of things. So that that could really be an explanation. And in that case, they will go very brutal on getting people out of the way in these areas, get them out Mm. way, way, way so that they can, and then they will, put up roadblocks for your protection, you know, keep away because the fires have destroyed the bridges or whatever crap they got come up with, you know, so it's always for their protection, but they kind of just clear the areas so that they can go full on with whatever they need to do. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. yeah. But because also one other fire that with the, with the direct energy weapons that was not that long ago, like a month or two ago in Chile, up in the mountains, were thousands of cars. Why Why are they focusing on cars? Or maybe that is the same old story, also so that people can't move, you know, and then they destroy their homes, they destroy everything, they destroy, and then they can then go in and, human humanitarian aid and get people on buses and transport them out, relocate them. And because they don't have the cars, they don't have a house, they don't have anything like that, they they will not return as well. I'm just speculating. I don't know. I've just seen the cars. They really love to go for the cars. They and another it's all the way back to uh nine eleven, uh completely separate from uh the towers. Uh, there was like that parking area and they just went in and just like devastated all the cars in that parking lot and then cars on bridges surrounding the area. I don't know if the, the actual ray gun, Tesla ray gun was uh, located in those directions and kind of went over those areas or something. It's, I don't know, or if it was from space or from an aircraft or whatever, however they, they did that. Of course, now they can do it from satellites. Um, and I think they have done that. I think that Maui, very, very likely, that's how they did that one. But yeah, 
Yeah. But uh, 9-11, I really think that uh, a key to this whole thing is Brookhaven National Lab, mm. where they got a particle accelerator, where the, a lot of the power came for the destruction of the towers. I would strongly suggest came from there. Wow. And then, uh, because to direct, it's also free site uh, towards uh, the Twin Towers, but it was a combination of, of everything they had, controlled demolition, thermals, whatever, all of it at the same time to, to get these ones done. But there was, as far as I remember, 1,600 cars that popped right. in the area. They just yeah. popped. People saw it. They just popped like that. Buses. And, yeah, everything. Yeah. And so, Police so I think. And, and uh, like uh, fire engines, half of them, the other half yeah. is perfect. The front yeah. just completely melted. Crazy. So I spoke to Chip Tatum, uh, CIA whistleblower, who yeah. was very much into these type of operations for many years. Mm. And he was talking about, uh, we were talking about the government building in Oslo that was blown up. Not. It was imploded. There was an implosion. It, the whole uh, area was sucked up and let drop down. It's wow. a complete uh, opposite to an explosion, you know, where the power is from one epicenter and it's just equally uh, powerful in all different directions outwards, meaning yeah. that glass glass would be pushed and doors and walls and everything would be pushed away. Here we see the exact opposite where glass wow. was being sucked into the streets. If you have, have please pull out some, uh, some photos from uh, the... Uh, the Oslo bomb bombing and attack of the government building, you will see that the, many, many of the streets, and they were just filled with glass, but glass in the street, not the other way around. The glass should have been blown away from the explosion. They say that it was like just like the Oklahoma City uh, type of bomb where you had this guy on the Spirit Brady that they claim did this whole thing. Not true. Uh, you would see the explosion going away like that but here we see that the the uh, glass is being sucked in let's see if you can find some uh especially in the street in the streets um yeah for instance if you these ones are just from the area so if you go to the left take that government building that uh the massacre that one please if you can enlarge that one if you look at uh if you look at all of these windows, are are crashed. It's and the, they say that the down to the left there, just left of the center, there's a dark area to the right, to the right where your mouse is down, down. Go left, no, go left. There's a round circle. Yeah, below that, below you're getting closer down and to the right. Oh, you passed it. Up, 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 up. There, wow. that's where. That's where they said that uh, the van was standing with the bomb in. But oh if you look God. at all of these windows, all of them, except the, there was four bulletproof windows further up in the building, all of them are equally destroyed. Can you yeah, see that? Yeah, that's There's a lot. Nothing. Exactly. This would have shielded the blast for these windows already. Exactly, Michael. Now we're talking. But uh, in this whole area, you can also if you go down. If you see on the sides here, the whole uh, pattern of the pavement can you see that Freemasonic? That's 
the black, white, black, white, black, white next to the buildings. Can you see that to the right? All over here, yeah. Yeah, the wow. whole area is like that. Same in Stockholm, same in many other areas where they control the buildings, where they destroy the buildings. Very often they have insurance fraud going on, just like with 9 11 and these things as well. But anyway, so I was talking to Chip Tatum about. Um, yeah, that is unbelievable. How did people believe that was possible? That one car could cause that kind of damage. That's How do I believe any of this type of crap? It's yeah, the same, the yeah. same, the same. It's like when, once you start looking at it, then, uh, yeah, but anyway, you got, uh, yeah, I've, I've done a, a presentation that I'm very proud of. It's called When Terrorists Drop Norway. And in that one, you can uh, go through all of it, all of it, all of it. But anyway, so, why were we talking about this? Yes, what what Chip the was saying anomalies of the uh, yeah black yeah. stuff yeah because what Chip was saying was that you need to mark the target area, and so he said, were there any people with like uh, suitcases or things like that in the area? And yes, I found the images of the people in uniform with identical suitcases that were walking around in the area. And he said these ones could very well be uh, like with the, not magnets, but like markers for the devastation so that they would mark a certain area and then use the whatever technology and that would then take place inside that area. Boom. So there would be nothing on the outside. All of it would happen on the inside. Super interesting also on in the center of this whole thing, there was no sound whatsoever. People didn't hear the explosion. But 25 kilometers away, they heard the bang. Really bizarre. Everything is upside down. Yeah. So when you look at 9-11, when you look at these other areas, is it possible that they had similar things with that the targeted area was like this? Because very often you can see it's like nothing on that side and here complete destruction. And then we see these uh, directed energy weapon attacks like Maui and stuff where in in uh, Lahaina or in Hawaii there just a few months before these attacks, like six months before, the U.S. Army Corps were doing laser uh, measurements on the islands, you know, where the, on the local news they said, don't worry if you see green laser light coming out of the sky tonight, don't worry, it's just the U.S. Army Corps that are... Uh, are mapping these areas. So I ask you, why were they mapping them? Is it possible they were mapping them to get like a digital twin and then they could make exactly mark the exact areas, the exact buildings, the exact, the thing we see here with laser-like precision where they just go around one garden and one gas station and then everything else is destroyed in the area. We see it over and over again. So it would be very interesting if anyone from is listening in and they if anyone locally saw anything like that before these fires also other fires with very similar things we had in liverpool in that parking garage we we also i tell you we we do you remember michael hastings he was a journalist that was uh, really going for obama and he was really going to expose him and then he uh, one night he got uh, 
terrified for some reason, got into his Mercedes speed, it was speeding down to Los Angeles, and boom, the car exploded, you know. And the well, that he was going this, after the, the, the generals. That was the he was go he was going for yeah, he declared war on them. Right. And so so his car, this Mercedes that was speeding down right. to LA suddenly came to a stop and they said it crashed into a palm tree and caught fire. I tell you, crash into a palm tree, good luck with that one if you're going to commit suicide. I don't think so because palm trees are very, very, they're not strong trees at all. And it, and the car was completely blown up, you know, like and the engine was found like 30, 50 meters from the end. And Mercedes never looked into it. I mean, that would have been a serious, serious problem for Mercedes if the car exploded. That drone attack. Drone attack, Paul Wallace, uh, the, no, Paul Walker was his name. Paul Walker. He, the, yep. he was looking very much into this whole thing with pedophile and Pete Chan trafficking. Suddenly he went for a spin and oh, his car, look at the car. Show, yeah. you, look at the car again. Is that a directed energy weapon or a drone attack. It's not a normal car fire. Then we have in my newsletter that uh, I come up with every month, I've looked at, at different uh, accidents in the US, but also in Europe. I'm very, very odd. The cars have just like, well, the same as we see in Israel and and uh, now in Chile and so on, where everything of plastic, everything is gone, the handles, the lights, the, everything is gone. And then there's this impact of something that is just like bursted open. There are no seats left. There's no people in it. There's no... And, mm -hmm. and they say, oh, it was a road accident. Really, you look at it, there's nothing about who was in the car, but I tell you, somebody of importance some kind of problem individual were in these vehicles and they were being eliminated yep. by these type of weaponry. So we had to start seeing that, whoa, 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 what is going on here to get the bigger picture? Because they they feel, you know, that they could hit anyone. They they don't, they're not stopping at anything at the moment. So that's not good news, I would say. That's pretty goddamn scary. Definitely. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, that John. Was it that actor Paul Walker? Let, let me Paul Walker. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me pull he, that one up. It is like it's pretty much disintegrated on a like a palm tree, like you said. It's like that's yeah, but look at not the, possible. No, no, but the palm tree was uh, with Michael Hastings. But if you if you look at that, it is I mean, it's just like what on earth happened to that car? And then if I remember right, I mean I have a lot of details on my on my in my research all about that ac accident as well. But uh, if you once they pulled off the tree, the the tree was uh, pulled off the the wreckage from the tree. The tree is more or less unharmed. It's still standing there, if I remember right. There, are, you know, people are going there, putting their initials and love signs on the tree. But that tree should have just been completely smacked up, you know, or or damaged by that whole thing. But I think what we're seeing instead of 
car, boom, and then it just rolls into a place, you know, it's just completely demolished, and then it, it just slowly rolls into the position where it's then found. Look at it. It's like, have you ever seen anything like it? I have no, that's, I haven't even looked at it. I just remember hearing about it. I never really even looked at it. That's, that's impossible. Yeah. Look yeah, at that. You go, look at that. What? What Crap seeds for a tree? Are you kidding me? And then they say that, uh, that uh, I mean, look at the center of this whole thing. What happened there? That That is, uh, if you ask me, that's a drone strike. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Look at it. And ash. Yeah. It's all in, in the metal has like almost like a directed energy weapon just cooked it or something. There's something very unusual going on here. Yeah. Look at the Michael Hastings color. Yeah, that that's the one that cra- – it's uh, Michael Hastings. That's the one uh, that crashed into – the stone pillar, I believe. No, no, no. No, no, no. That was a palm tree. No, you're right. Yeah. Some kind um, of wall, something there, though. I think. I don't uh, know. The, and the engine was thrown out like 30 meters from. It would, the whole engine block was like 30, 40, 50 meters from. From, uh, oh, it says it wasn't an accident. But this was not an accident. <laughs> hey, look at that. No. no, you're right. It was a tree. I, maybe it bounced off of, uh, and maybe it even yeah. said that it, it's not even true that it, it crashed into a wall. Because look at that. I mean, it's like, it's the same thing. It's like yeah. where he was, they just smoked that area. Yeah. And and you know this could very well be tracking his cell phone or something like that. So so he was aiming at the cell phone in his pocket, or because both of them are hit right where where the dryer was. This thermite would have exploded and proceeded to engulf the interior in flames. So that does that. I've I've done a lot of thermite, and that's basically it looks like thermite, and it seemed like there was thermite that we used a nine eleven too. Here, here we got the engine. The bottom of the transmission is missing. Yeah, this has never happened in a Mercedes uh, that have it thrown as far as it was. But yet, you're right. They, I guess, they never thought it was. They needed to go investigate it. Yeah, look at the fire. And, the, and yeah, the fires are always really intense. Really intense. It can be very hard sometimes to to put it out. And you know the the final cold didn't seem. Wow. I never seen that. Yeah, it even shows oh, yeah. the body. Yeah. yeah, he definitely he definitely did not survive that. So uh, very obvious. So, and uh, the fire brigade. There was a voluntary fire brigade that was that just happened to be right there when the car was uh, was sort of destroyed. That was an Israeli. Uh, What's it called? Like a volunteer Israeli fire brigade that was just there right after it happened. I just found that pretty interesting. There's a lot of things connected to Israel that is uh, hot in many of these locations. Yep. And here's all the damage that happened to that tree. Can you see? No. What is that? That's nothing. 
Yep. When you compare that's a to, tough tree, boy, it goes out that damage and nothing happened to it. <laughs> that is a tough palm tree, and and when you look at the damages to the car, what made the engine fly out? Yeah, and well, and remember, why? supposedly all these palm trees was what caused all the all the houses to burn down. Yet it didn't cause any problem to for that car. There was no fuel for it. So here's the here's the one for Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, that's. So this this one is obvious as well. Uh, so supposedly, uh, you know, a, a fertilizer bomb blew this building up like this. That's impossible. As a demolition expert, I'm telling you that's that's not possible. Yeah, th- so this is the one. Obviously, same thing. There was some kind of demo set up inside uh, that blew it up like that. So yeah, it was. This was the job that Cody, my my friend, was offered. A year before, ah, which which he turned down, and that was the thing. That was the end of his career when he turned it down. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and it it seems like half of the explosives did not uh, go off, you know, because of the. In the the plan was to just level the whole building, but uh, it didn't happen. Then you also you will see. On all of these uh, monuments that are erected afterwards, they're super, super Freemasonic, uh, you know, with the lake, with the, with the numbers, with the, the weird things uh, that symbolizes the victims. You would see that over and over again. If you mm. start looking internationally, it's the same type of very brutalistic type of clean design, very Freemasonic, mm. over and over and over again. Which is also part of a dead giveaway, if you ask me. Oh, definitely. So, otherwise than that, the world is still turning around, flat or round. Yep. Uh, we're just kind of looking forward to you basically saying where the next uh, attack's <laughs> going to be. <laughs> Well, I haven't been around here for a while, but... Uh, hey, yeah, it won't take you long, I'm sure. So, wow. You're, you're for the, incredibly honest. Up. Good job. Thank you. No, look for color coding. Uh, it would be purple or magenta. Uh, yeah. You might look for these w- weird... Mm. They're showing you, but not directly. Just like I said with the U.S. Space Force... The reason I pointed out that Chile is going to be hit, if you remember, I, th- I said that like two months ago. I, I believe I did that on your show. Uh, and it was because of that from from the U.S. Uh, Space Force. Uh, they, they, the, the photos from that website is bizarre. It is very, very strange if you start looking into it. And... Uh, well, on, on the, the reason I pointed out Chile, because there was nothing pointed towards Chile that would make any sense in Chile. But uh, the, the name tag of the soldier that was being given, it's very prominent in the photo. Yeah. They put a badge on his, uh, like a US, bed, but it's the name here, Santiago. That's not sort of like the most, it's not like uh, Mr. Smith or Jones or whatever. It's Santiago, mm-hmm. it's a very specific, so right away, a bull. I saw that's, that could be one, and also the 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 way that the U.S. Space Force website and what they're talking about, how they're presenting it, very very odd. Where they say that that brigade came to life, 
came to life. Mm. I mean, for me, that sounds like, is that some kind of AI weird thing going on here? Because also, I don't know, maybe you remember we were looking at these photos with uh, two uniformed soldiers with uh, with two flags that they crossed like that. And then the in right in the middle, there's a, um, a uniformed soldier saluting like that, but the flags are covering his face. So it's like a, a headless soldier or brainless soldier. And then the whole thing that this squadron, they, and they don't even call them soldiers, they call them... What did they Space Force? No, no, no. It was a very, very specific name that I've never heard before. Mm. And not light bearers, but something, you know, like that. And then the flags in front of him. So it almost, it almost sounds to me like what they're talking about. It's AI-driven, uh, a whole new battalion of AI-driven weaponry mm. that can be used like that. Mm. Yeah. No, anyway, so look for color coding, uh, purple, magenta, and then you got the shoes that would appear over and over again, Nike shoes, right. more, or less, more or less all of it. Look for these strange details. Look for road signs uh, that are, you know, that is not really fitting into the picture. Look for posters on buses. Uh, look at T-shirt prints. Look at... Um, uh, yeah, there's so many things to to look out for, but think it's just like a Dan Brown novel. It's very similar, you know. Like uh, you can have a photo of uh, of something, and there's a statue pointing, you know, say maybe it's an old officer from the Second World War or the Russian War or whatever. He's pointing at something. When you look at where is he pointing, look at how your subconscious would work. Somebody's pointing, and then look in that direction, see what is there. If you can't see it in the photo, go down Google Maps, look at the area, look exactly where is he pointing, and boom. Sometimes you get like, oh my God, that is uh, that is where they're going. You know, it can it uh, like the when the Nice trucker tank happened. There was this bizarre photo of a guy. Uh, I called him Blanket Man because he appeared everywhere in the day after, the days after this attack. And he kept walking around with a blanket around him like he was one of the victims. But this was uh, when I checked the digital data of the image and also when it was published, it was like 20, 12 hours after the whole thing, 24 hours after the whole thing. Why was he still walking around in this blanket? And then in uh, in one image, He's sort of crossing the road, and you can see the light is at dawn. At dawn, and it's a very odd. He's it's a, a separate crossing, but it's like he's sort of crossing the road in a weird way. And so, I thought that looks very strange. And then there's this sign, which is a sign for the opening of a tunnel, which is a little bit further down the road. But that there was a date, and then it says uh, I can't remember what it said, open or something like that. But the date. That was on the sign. It's one of these electric signs, you know, that can change. It wasn't the date of when this attack happened. It was a, another date that was connected to an attack in England. And so also in the right in the center of it, there was uh, like a, a, a blurred but dark image of a black obelisk that is in Nice, that is created in Nice. 
So I had been going up and down Google Maps, checking that whole thing. I felt like that obelisk is not that close. You shouldn't be able to see it from where he is, you know, because I found exactly that uh, separate flossing. And so I started really looking into it. And in the center, next to this uh, blurred obelisk, you could see a road sign, but you couldn't see what the sign was was saying because it was all in the center and blurred. So I went down on Google Map. I went to see that exact road sign just to check out because it was right in the center of the image. And one of them said Acropolis, which is a, a conference center in Nice. And so I was like, are you kidding me? Like, so Acropolis, how unusual is that? So I went out and I won. I said, possible, possible next one, Acropolis. And I thought Greece. And it's very possible that that was being planned, but I went out big time warning about that. And then instead, they hit a supermarket invention in uh, southern Germany called Olympia. And you got the Acropolis in front of that temple is the Olympia. So do you see what I'm saying? How they do it, but you really have to see how sneaky they are and it's because of the law of karma, I was told by an insider. They had to show us what they're up to. So because of that, they do it and really they don't want to do it and that they have to do it for their own selfish reasons. So you have to be on top of it and, and look one step further. Sometimes it's right in your face. Other times it's really like sneaky. And it can be like um, like step one, two, three type of uh, clue as well. Yeah. So somebody in the chat was saying that uh, maybe the reasons why the shoe thing is because shoes have souls. Yeah, I I have a presentation called The Soulless Shoes of Death. Ah, okay. Very good. How about that? Because you you got the soul, S-O-U-L, and you got S-O-L-E. You also got the the name of the alleged Holocaust in Hebrew is Shulat. And and the, it, it was at least from there on and, and onwards where the shoe has been used as a symbol for death, and you know with uh, all of these piles of shoes from concentration camps saying one million people died here. When you look at it from a forensic point of view, you would say somebody placed a pile of shoes here. It's not evidence at all. I'm not saying that it, they didn't. I think you muted yourself. Yeah, I was talking to Tracy. She has a question. Okay. You want to ask it, yeah, Tracy? Go, go, go. Okay. The question is about the shoes, and the question is, are they all Nike shoes? Because Nike is god of the air, goddess of the air, Nike. Laser. Yeah, not, oh. yeah. No, thank you for the question. Very good question. Most of the time, Nike shoes, mm-hmm. and sometimes not Nike shoes. If it's in an, uh, a Middle Eastern or Arabic country or African country, they can be like uh, sandals. Yeah, very right. often the the sandals are, uh, you know, completely new new shoes, uh, just stacked like this. And and look at it; it makes no sense whatsoever. They say that okay, this guerrilla unit came and kidnapped like forty three children from this African village, and mm-hmm. all of the shoes are left there in a pile. As proof, I mean, normally you would think they kidnapped somebody, the person would bring their shoes because they had to walk somewhere. 
So the shoes are very often, it makes no sense. Uh, like for instance, uh, if you bring up Dayton, Ohio, I think maybe we looked at that one before. Can you bring that up? Dayton, Ohio, uh, shoes from the machine in Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. I'll show you a perfect example. So no, Nike shoes, not always. But at the same time, Nike is a very, 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 very bizarre com uh, company. Uh, I think strongly connected to the CIA. It's it's a very odd company. It keeps appearing in many strange ways. Also predicting terror or be part of clues pointing toward terror attacks, but also left afterwards. And uh, so, yeah, take that one. Click on that one. This is the proof of a mass shooting in data Ohio. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? That's insane. It's like what? Yes. Like they were blown out of their shoes, but if they were, then where's all the blood? So, um, I mean, look at them. There. If you if you check out, that was vile right there. They're all shot right there. Come on, or please, were they piled there? Who did that? Please, anyone. Explain to me, how did this happen? How did this happen? And and so when once we're looking into this whole thing, um, you will see also that uh, when they say, this happened, and then they, you see the, the crime scene, and it's like there's debris and there's like plastic bags and stuff. When you look at it, it looks like somebody took a uh, you know a plastic bag of garbage and just spread it out, put a pair of shoes in the middle, and just took like police uh, um, tape this yellow tape around it, put a car with the sirens on in the background with a flashing light, boom, 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 and you got yourself a terrorist uh, attack or a crime scene. So very often, for instance, in the if you take another one, and you're like my secretary today. Michael, if you look at... I was just looking uh, at the numbers, too, you know, the number thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, two, two, 13 two, people were taken to three different uh, network hospitals. So. Yeah, it's 33 is there all the time. 13 is another one. 13 is... 9-11, 7-11. They, they keep the, the 31 or 33 all, all over the place. Anyway, please look at the Stockholm truck attack. Uh, victims or something like that. What you will see here is that they put out plastic. What, what bags. kind of attack was it? Stockholm truck attack. Truck attack. Okay. Truck attack. All of these cases I made uh, presentations about. Uh, you can find on my website, lightonconspiracies.com. This. Uh, <laughs> okay, so. Um, yeah, like that one, the one running there. Boom. The, with the doctor there, you can enlarge that. If you look here, so many of them, you will see that they're plastic bags and then uh, these uh, blankets from ambulance uh, ambulances that are just put out there. I have photos where you can see here again, when you see, oh my God, these are victims. When once you look at it, their shoes, plastic bags and blankets are from ambulances. And we are, if you look at the blanket to the left there, for instance, to the left, if you zoom in, please. Yeah. So can you see it's square? That's not a body shape at all. Mm -mm. 
And then there are piles of shoes lying like that. You got fire brigade people in like this guy. What is he doing there in that uniform? There wasn't in the fire. This is like a, <laughs> what is he doing there? But they got the masks on. They got all of these things. They also speak Hebrew or American most of the time. And, and I've got photos because I've been collecting. Take another one. I've been collecting hundreds and hundreds of photos. If you zoom in on that one, take anyone, that one, and then go to the right corner up there. So you see there's another victim there with a, why can you see there's a victim? Because there's a plastic bag and a blanket from uh, one of the ambulances. But I have photos where you can see people put out the plastic bags where, where firefighters are putting it out. Now, these are, that's another, these are the crisis actors, one of the crisis actors. Right. And by the way, she lost a foot. So all the articles about her is showing her amputated uh, foot and with a shoe on. So the shoe is there again and again and they don't need to. So oh. uh, it's, it's just, so just be, when you see something, like when they say, oh, there was, there was like 13 victims, there was, look at them, look at them. You start looking at them as like, and then they do this. Can you see plastic bag, plastic bag, shoe, blanket? And then they start sort of holding it up so you can't see it because it's so horrible, uh, this whole thing that happened. And when you actually, what you're actually looking at are plastic bags and blankets. And sometimes they have like cardboard boxes underneath. You can see the edge of a cardboard box stick out. It's not even, they're not even crisis actors. And at, at one point I saw, I think that was in Germany, there was this alleged terror attack. No, that was in France. And I saw one person walk away with one of these you know, when they have a dead body with a white sheet over, and that person just took one of these under her arm or his arm and walked away with it because it, it looked like an inflated thing, you know. And there you got a body. You know, we're talking about film props. Yeah, here again, t take the chart, take the chart, friends. Okay, so this chart, look at look at these two images next to each other. Can you see the one? This is taken at the same time. That one is just a truck. To the left, the grill is red, painted red, like if it was blood. Can you see that? Yes. Can you see the difference of the the one and then to the right? Oh, definitely. It's definitely different. How did that happen? Then you look at, if you enlarge that one, that truck is said to have been running over five people and hitting so many people and then crashed into um, a mall. But if you look at that, where's the where's all the glass? Where there's all of the glass is gone. And most of these truck attacks, the only thing they've done is taken away the front uh of the truck so that it looks like uh, it was damaged. I mean this truck is really damaged but it doesn't match up at all with the, with the, what it was hitting. It just get like a normal barrier. Take the take the Nice truck attack. Or in English, the Nice truck attack. 
NICE truck attack in France. You will see that then there are no injuries on the truck whatsoever. Have we got the truck? Yeah. So find the truck. Can you see you got the, the white truck on there? Yeah, like these. So enlarge that one, please. So the, if you see, it looks like it's it's really destroyed the front of the truck. But if you look at it, the only thing they did is take away the, what do you call it, the front part, uh, the engine, the hood. Right. They, they're just taking the hood away. Just unscrewed it, and there you go, it's damaged. And then when you really zoom in on the bullet holes in the windows, you will see that there are stickers. Oh wow! It's yeah, the, oh. the the police. Uh, I don't know what that is. I don't know if those are actual handguns or rifle. Would not Other. break. Would not break off the front of the truck unless it hit something and, and knocked it off. Yeah, but you have here, if I remember right, uh, there was how many victims? I. Th- I'm I'm not sure about the numbers right now, but I believe that there was 84 people killed by this truck and 200 injured. Okay, Jeez. so look at the look at the wheels. Is that blood? I mean, that look, should look like a blood splatter. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and the thing was that once again, if I remember right, the after one. When it happened, I think there was 200 that was just injured. After two weeks, there were 400 injured. Just and that 86? Added, oh, my God. 86. Possible. 86. No, it was not possible. I'm, uh, it was like, yeah, whatever. Like, No, it was, it was a big thing. It was a big, big thing. But that one also debunked completely. It's an absolute... Yeah, it just didn't happen. Mm. So, so many of these things, once you start, it's just a matter of really looking at it and seeing, okay, what are you showing us? What are you telling us? And you will see that, for instance, the official narrative when it came to the Nice truck attack was that he drove 1.6 miles and had kept hitting people, boom, 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 along this promenade. The promenade on De Anglais, the English promenade. There was a lot of connections with England in this attack. But anyway, he did it in an area where trucks are not allowed, even though this truck was observed there for at least, I believe, 12 hours before the attack, and the police approached it officially and said, You cannot be here. And he said, Well, I'm selling ice cream. So, and then the police said, Okay, then. So that truck selling ice cream i don't think so but anyway they let him be there and then nice who has the most cctv cameras in france at that time all of them were turned off when this went on then you have the filming of exactly when the truck started accelerating into that was filmed from a hotel where i managed to track the exact balcony where this was filmed from and also uh, i tracked the the guy that filmed it Anyway, uh, you can see exactly when it starts accelerating. There's like three palm trees. That's the only place on that promenade where there's these three. And they say, 
the track the tr- uh, the attack uh, began small as that was the big headlines like that and then the, it ends with the police shootout uh, when the police shoots uh, this whole thing and the truck is you know the truck is uh, the filmed footage is the truck is full stop and the police are running around shooting at it like that okay that was filmed right outside the casino so so i compared we were told 1.6 miles from the beginning to the end then the footage should be like 1.6 miles from the casino am i right or is that not logical yeah no instead it's 200 meters it's the same block wow so we had and then they had like a roadworks that was blocked off. You could see on Google Maps as well. So they had prepared for the telephone poles, all of these things that could just be dun, 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 like one, two, three, and go, blop, 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 blop. And then this whole thing. And then you had, uh, I don't know if you, the photo she was showing, there was like one guy, he's sitting next to a body. It's half a body. It's one of these, uh, these CP, what do you call it, CPR dolls. Uh, it's only half the body and wow. he, that one was reused also in the Bataclan attacks where you can hear when they're giving like CPR to this body when you do CPR to an old body you don't have any sound but here but when the with these dolls is like like this that's exactly what you can hear we're looking at we're looking at film crack film sequences that are used to produce a lead tower. That, that's the one, if you enlarge the one with the paint blanket there. Oh my God, look at these forensic detectives putting oh, all of them. They're suited up good, aren't they? Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, it if you go, if you go, yeah, and then a little doll, Aww, let's go emotional. And then they had all of this guy, this guy he's sitting in front of. That underneath there is one of these uh, CPR dolls. There's another sequence where he's going like, wait, 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 Did you see the color coding if you go back? The magenta and the, the. Oh, yeah. It's most of the time in Europe, it's magenta. Most of the time in the US, it's the color purple. I'm not sure why that is, but that is. Mm. And. You will see the shoes all over the place. And... Crisis actors. Oh, my God. Look at all these blankets and then the color-coded blanket in the middle. Can you see what I'm talking about? Live in the center, color-coded. Look at that. Something horrible must have happened with all of these towels being put out there. And here, look at that body. If you zoom in, plastic bag. Where's the body? Is yeah. that a, that's just like a that flat, like the smallest child ever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my God, the terror and they must be. Look at that. something there. They, we need to investigate. <laughs> yeah. That is so, they're so sincere. Look at that. Can you see also the whole area? So easily closed off with a real street on the outside. So you got plastic bags again. Compare this to the Las Vegas shooting. Compare that to whatever. And yeah. then right in the center, when you suit in, you got a color-coded there again. Well, what you'll have, uh, unfortunately, is sometimes they'll insert real bodies. They'll kill actual people. Yeah. Uh, they're probably shot 
uh, while this thing is happening or while look it's at being that stayed. truck. Please, please go back again, but look at that white truck. Well, did that kill 86 people or 84 or whatever or and injured 200 and how many that was? There's not a drop of blood anywhere. There's nothing under the wheels. There's nothing like that. I mean, if and if you look at the the bodies, they were spread like that sideways. So did the truck go like this? How did it manage to do that? And no one was able to get out of the way for a mile and a half. So that's pretty unlucky, I'm saying. One thing that is interesting, though, is that when these things were carried out, uh, because of the amount of alleged uh, injured people that just kept growing, I mean, maybe these people went home and then after a week they felt, oh, my God, I've got such a pain in the butt. Oh, my back. It must have been the truck. That was it. I didn't notice before, so I'll go to the hospital after two weeks. And then explained, of course, on an Algerian uh or a guy with a double uh, citizenship. They love double citizenship so that they can emotionally evolve in one, one nation. They look at her. She's all left and down in the world with all the flowers. And also, if you look down to the right, you got the color-coded thing again there. Mm. Yeah. What can I say? I'm, I'm saying their operations are always fear-based. So anyone that is trying to scare you, anything where they say, boo, oh my God, this is so horrible. Before you go into problem reaction, the reaction mode saying, oh my God, oh my God, something needs to be done. Take a de- deep breath, go for a walk, you know, hug a cat, hug a cop, whatever works for you. Yeah. Calm down, right. calm down. And then start looking and saying, so what are we really looking for? Look for the numbers also that 31 or 13, 33, these numbers, it's unbelievable. That, um, I mean, we're talking in the hundreds. Look at the names also. Many times, you know, with, with sexual things uh, connected, like one of the victims in Australia, Annie Dick on Ass. What? Huge stick in some bend over. Um, what was the other one? I mean, on somebody is sitting there smoking pot and coming up with these things. Like, they say, how far can we push it without them yeah, seeing yeah. it? I mean, come on, a, let's I've try this that, one. You're right, absolutely, they do that. And then, and, and then when people start to go, ah, and then they go, oh, and then they stop. They stop yeah. revealing anymore after that. It's like, okay. Oh, 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 they got it. So stop. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I've seen that yeah. a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like you say, when people go up, they take a step back and then they go for it again. You know, mm-hmm. once people have calmed down. Right. Right. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like we did with the, uh, the guy in Moscow, Idaho. We, you destroyed that. You destroyed it. And then it stopped. You destroyed it, and it stopped. And then he brought it back out again and said, oh, you guys are back from war? And then we'd like to disclose again, and it stopped. <laughs> like, But there again, Moscow, Idaho. Yeah. Then we had one in Moscow. There was this uh, alleged terror attack uh, or shooting in Moscow. You had East Palestine with whatever that was, first filming the whole thing and then making it go real, really. 
and then Palestine was hit. You know, it's like so you had to look at it. Yeah. From an, when when they just do like you did with the uh, space force guy with Santiago. It's like oh, they're yep. looking for something chilly. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's very often NATO or countries that is connected to five eyes, nine eyes, or forty eyes, which what, what that is called. It's a what it used to be a super secret intelligence exchange agreement between uh, countries. So sometimes when these countries, you think, no, that doesn't make any sense. Why New Zealand? Why Canada? It's these it's these agreements where they're doing it. And then they're using what I call the global tour of terror, the same, uh, like a, a, not a rock, like a rock horror theater showed on the road being transported around in C-130 planes or something, right. something more modern nowadays, where you will see the same, the same. So look out for the C-130s as well. When the Christchurch shooting happened, I said right away, I was on live radio just hours after saying, please, please be aware, were they, did you, anyone see any C-130s? And very rightly, so they were. Just the, the day or so before, there were these low-flying a big C-130 Hercules planes that that landed on the su- southern island and not far from Christchurch. And it was like an, uh, uh, an Air Force exercise for new pilots, something like that. Yeah, right. No, that's how they brought all of the things in. They also brought many of these alleged victims or crisis actors. They came, if I'm correct, from a small little uh, village up in northern Pakistan. They were flown in. They were used for the shooting. They were used, you know, let's get some blood on this one and whatever. They were walking around looking like victims. And then they were transported out. C-130 planes, let's go. Where did they go? They, and then you had uh, uh, the the guy, Tyrant. It almost sounds like Tyrant. They they love these places also. The guy that was said to have been the shooter. He was then transported to court in a C-130 plane. I mean, what? Yeah. Don't you think normally it would be like a prison transport van or something like that? No. In one of these planes, they said he was taken up there. I mean, this guy hadn't, he wasn't even there, if you ask me. These are constructed often phantom identities that are put there. And then there's this whole theater trial put on. Well, he's got to be sentenced to 214 years for this and that. Who have you ever listened to radio theater when you hear all well, there's been audio recordings from the court case? The judge says this, the lawyer says that, the attorney said nothing happened. Yeah. And the like when you have the for instance the, the truck attack in Stockholm, I've been tracking the the lawyer's fees for that case where that was taken from tax money because all of these alleged victims, which were all connected to either media, film theater, or government. All of them, all of them. Uh, they they were given lawyers, and these lawyers were charging like 1.4 million and 1.4, I had incredible amounts for doing, excuse my French, fuck all, for just setting the whole thing up, corrupting themselves completely, giving it credibility, and off you go. And their careers have then gone like this, where they should have been just stopped in their track right there. And we're looking at a big global theater. 
And it's the time to just take a step back and say, I'm not buying it. I'm not going to get scared. I'm not going to accept you you're trying to control me or put me in digital prisons or whatever it is. I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. Mm-hmm. And the more of us that do that, this the faster this will come to an end. Because we're the ones doing it to each other. It's not then the small group of psychos. It's normal police officers, it's normal military, it's normal SWAT teams, it's normal bankers, it's normal tax people, it's normal this and that and that. We're doing it to each each other, where we just say, this is not right. This is not right. Well, you have to do it. Well, I'm not going to. Well, in that case, what? Bring it on. Bring it on. Because it's our future. We have if we don't do it, we're going down the drains. And if we do, we will be proud of ourselves and we will excel as human beings and souls on this planet, whatever. And happy days ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, some of these, some of these attacks that are, they're telegraphed. It basically, you know, when I worked in CIA, it was basically we would telegraph to uh, some of our contacts in different ways. We wouldn't send them a direct message. We wouldn't call them up and go, okay, we're going to meet you. It's it's basically telegraphing. So they would move and then we, we would have a predetermined place where we would go. So just like Palestine, it's probably, you know, it's an indicator those guys were ready to do, you know, Israel-Palestine, attack on Palestine. So then they started getting moving things in motion and boom, they did the hit uh, at Moscow. And you even said the very first show we had was January 5th. 2020 uh and you're like you're gonna have uh an attack tomorrow and it's because of the at&t building that was attacked in nashville and here's all the things and you just pointed them all out and i was like whoa <laughs> then it happened the next day so it's a you you see the patterning uh you can call it like you do all the time it makes life interesting doesn't it yes yes because suddenly it's like okay then other people learn to pick it up too and that's, that, that stops it out eventually. That's, that's hashtag demigarded for you. So, demigarded, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like one thing, okay, this tinfoil hat is saying all of these things and he's got all of these theories and so on. Or he said it and boom, it happened. What is going on? It, either right. he's, he's the one doing it or he's onto something. And I would strongly suggest. I have problems doing it because I'm in Southeast Asia. So it might have been that I was onto something. And if I'm onto something, maybe we can rip it from country to country and never be, you can't go back to Sweden because they'll arrest you on site. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you're not involved. So the thing is, the more of us that be, become aware of it, the harder it is for them to put it off. And in the right. end, it would come to a stop when we say, no more when we start laughing at them and saying exactly i was gonna say that good good and not which is really interesting because like uh, if you go now something happens bbc the the official cnn the official news uh their websites and you will see people start commentating you know so oh, come on there's another shoe there and did you really unlike or come up with something that instead of buying into it so many people are onto it now and it's making it more and more difficult for them. And now I'm, I'm also meeting up with military people from the U.S. and stuff that also have been stepping out and are saying, what can I do? What can I do? I said, you are very valuable because you know from the inside 
and other people in uniform will will respect you and look up to you. So we all got a role to play. And it's all the sense of this whole thing is the truth. Just follow the right. truth. Just yeah. whatever that wherever it takes you, that's it. Pull the curtain and let's see this uh, oddly thing called the Wizard of Oz for what it is, which is nothing. It's a fart in the in the wind. It smells awful. It seems real. It's not. It's just a passing horror show that we hadn't let uh, happen because we've been too much our own off our own butt and our own desires and not caring. So yeah. now turn it around. Turn it around. Turn it around. Yeah, very good. And if you want to figure it out and turn around faster for yourself and others, then <laughs> go visit lightonconspiracies.com and uh, get all these great uh, courses. It's uh, it's fantastic. And all the books that you have and uh, look at all the, war- the awards you have and accolades. Uh, unbelievable. So, yeah, we, we definitely appreciate you. I hope that, you know, we can get uh, an investor so you can like, Yay. Yeah, really get that uh, product out there because it it sounds like it can definitely help the world a lot. We need more stuff like that, you know, uh, more products uh, that basically help uh, humanity, and that's that's what we're going to get going forward. Yep. Yeah, I'm really really looking forward to whoever you are out there who's interested in in helping this uh, thing get out to the world. I will do my utmost to make it a win-win so that everybody's happy, everybody is stimulated, and uh, yeah, so let's get it going. Absolutely. All right, sir. Uh, you came back on fire, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Yeah, very nice. Always a pleasure, Michael. And, yep, same. Uh, Thank you. You had a great one. All right, you too. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality.